I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellasai. I'm here in my closet recording far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. How's quarantine treating you this week? Um, Let's see. What happened this week? I don't know. My energy this week has been like rock bottom. I don't know what... And it's just rainy and gross outside and I don't want to do anything. Also, I don't know what the fucking problem is with the faucets in my apartment or the plumbing, but now my toilet seat handle broke. Oh my God. (laughs) I have the worst plumbing luck this quarantine. All you have to know is that the handle on my toilet snapped off. So now every time I have to flush, I basically have to like rig it. Oh my god. It works. I mean, that would be the true tragedy if my toilet just turned into a bucket. I am excited for you to like fully come out of this as a plumber. Honestly, if Mario and Luigi can do it, I can fucking do it. I'm Italian. I probably would look great in overalls. Absolutely. Um, that little the little hat that they have. I could grow out a mustache. Pretty I'm just cheap. saying, all of these things, the signs are there. How is your quarantine? Oh, I'm just like fully in a back brace right now. (laughs) I almost spit hot coffee everywhere. (laughs) Why? My back went out. It's it's just been uh, it's been a ticking time bomb. I've been like, I know it's gonna happen at some point. When's it gonna happen? And then I blew my nose and bent over to throw the tissue into the trash can, and oop, there it was. <laughs> I that was my next question. Was I remember last time this happened? It was because you bent down to pick up Putty's poop, and mm-hmm. this time. Kleenex. You can't win. Anyway, let's just get into today's show. We're both doing great. So coming up on today's episode, as always, we'll kick things off with Worst Things First, where I chat about the most ridiculous worst news of the week. After that, we're making our list. We're checking it twice. We're putting on an entire hazmat suit and going to the grocery store. Because grocery shopping has really always been the worst, but now instead of just feeling anxious and indecisive about what brand of pasta to choose, I have to feel anxious about my fucking mortality. And finally, we've got Alex English on the pod. Alex is a stand-up comedian, writer, actor. You can hear him on National Lampoon Radio Hour, the podcast, and also this episode. Thankfully, we got to talk in person again because we recorded this right before shit officially hit the fan. I think he was our last interview before uh, before anything. Mostly because I remember he walked in the door and Barry was like, you need to wash your hands immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. Good sport. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's buy some yeast and start the show. All right, worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week. First, a doctor sharing tips and advice on Instagram made this controversial claim that got people riled up. She says, stop letting your kids lick the spoon while baking. Okay, why bake? Right. What what is the fucking point, ma'am? How dare you come into my house, in this household, and say, don't lick the fucking spoon. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Even though, okay, that was all a lie, because mostly I don't lick the spoon. It's It ruins the surprise of what disgusting thing I'm making will taste like. Also, I feel like unless it's chocolate chip cookies, the batter's actually not going to taste that great beforehand. Like, cake batter, it it's... It's a little spermy. (laughs) 
<laughs> Ew. Do not, never describe cake batter as spermy ever again. Even though <laughs> I sorry, do it's understand. Sarah Silverman's fault. She used to call, she had a, a song about pancake batter and uh, smelling like sperm and tasting like sperm. And that stuck with me. I really didn't think about it until now. You know what? <laughs> I hate this so much, but you've ruined cake batter for me. <laughs> the point here is that it's not actually what you think it is. It's not because of the raw egg in the batter. It's the flour that's in the batter. So Dr. Priya Alexander, who goes by the wholesome doctor on Instagram, she's been giving advice and like debunking myths um, as uh, on Instagram based on her experience as a general practitioner in Melbourne in the UK. And uh, I guess because a lot of people are home baking right now, uh, the doctor shared this post titled Why Your Kid Shouldn't Lick the Cake Bowl. And she explained that it's not because of the raw eggs, although that can lead to salmonella. The problem uh, that many people don't realize is that flour, the raw flour could harbor bacteria like E. coli because flour is made from a grain grown in fields and then animals just piss and shit all over it and then it can become contaminated with E. coli. So yeah, okay, apparently- Or this it can make you stronger. <laughs> okay, is this the, are, are you going to, instead of throwing a corona party, you're going to throw an E. coli party and everybody yes. just- eats raw flour and gets yeah, infected. Yeah, we snort it. We do we just like we fuck it. It's just everywhere. Why do cocaine when there's flour? Flour is disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it is. Basically, you shouldn't eat raw flour. So, everybody out there who is like taking fistfuls of raw flour and just chowing down, um maybe take a maybe take a second thought. Um take a second look at your choices in life and stop eating raw flour. And stop eating the, the batter. Next! A man in Canada says his cat woke him up to let him know that his slow cooker was on fire. So he saved his life. And the only reason I'm putting this in worse things first is because who started the fire? Who started the fire? The cat. I won't let this pro-cat propaganda spread in the news. When we don't have all the facts. Whoever smelt it, dealt it, also applies to fires. Yeah, because uh, where, how does a slow cooker even start on fire? A cat intervention. You know cats love chewing on cords. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this Canadian man was like, I went to sleep Sunday morning around midnight after setting some onions in the slow cooker to make jam. What? <laughs> what is that? Onion That's how you jam? Make jam? Yeah. Onions? Yeah. For jam? You can make savory jam. That's fucking disgusting. I've never <laughs> been more offended in my life. <laughs> Honestly, I I'm now I'm back on being pro pro cat because I this cat was a hero for for trying to burn this man alive. <laughs> <laughs> this man doesn't deserve to, to live. Anyway, a few hours later, uh, the man said that his cat, Joey, okay, great name, did something strange. The man said, usually Joey doesn't bother me when I sleep, but I can sense him pacing around the bed and I woke up with a paw on my face. Uh, and that's when he sensed that something was wrong and he got up and found that the uh, slow cooker was on fire. So Joey is now being hailed as a hero cat and the man and his fiance have been giving uh, the cat extra attention and treats from what they call a hero basket that was donated to them. <sighs> okay. I'm sorry. Like, do you have a smoke alarm? Like, would you, would you treat the smoke alarm with this immense amount of respect and have people donate to the smoke alarm that saved your life? No. So why do it for this cat? Yeah. Who probably started the fire. I will I I just feel like I've fully come around in support of the cat only because I'm anti <laughs> making onion jam. I think that's disgusting. And I and I won't stand for it. Moving on. Next and finally, American icon and hero, Britney Spears. And Shiro. 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 
shared um, one of the best Instagram updates possibly ever. Uh, Quarantined or not, just like the greatest. Uh, So she gave this update on Instagram. She regularly shares her workout routines, her dance routines on Instagram. And she gave this update uh, on Instagram. We could just play the clip. Hi, guys. I'm in my gym right now. I haven't been in here for like six months because I burnt my gym down, unfortunately. Um, I had two candles and yeah, one thing led to another and I burned it down. Just just incredible. Just absolute poetry. (laughs) It's just the casual way that she's like, one thing led to another. <laughs> and yeah, I burned it down. What a great excuse, though, for not uh, like, I love that. Absolutely. That's also why I haven't been working out in my home gym. Yeah. When, whenever a doctor is like, oh, how many times a week do you exercise? Oh, OK. First of all, check your privilege, sir or ma'am, because I actually burned down my home gym. <laughs> or if they're like, oh, how many drinks do you have per week? And you're like, oh, well, I actually um, burned down my refrigerator. So I have no choice but to drink alcohol. Great. Ex- it works for anything. It really does. I'm also just so confused because like, OK, there were two candles. Like, how big were these candles? What were they doing there? Were you watching the candles or did they stay lit when you left? And that's what happened. Or were you working out near them and pushed them over and that started the fire? You know, like there's just a lot of missing information that <laughs> yeah. I feel we deserve to know. That one thing led to another is doing a lot of heavy lifting in that sentence. <laughs> it's the yada, yada, yada from Seinfeld appropriately used by Britney Spears here. Yeah, I I, I really, I would watch a full two and a half hour documentary on this historical event it's basically as iconic of a fire as the chicago fire like was it a cow we don't know was it because she was dancing so hard she kicked over her candle we may never know yeah the other obviously iconic instagram from britney spears is when she shared oh my god (laughs) still the noise that it made i can hear it in my head right now she showed her like dance routine and um the caption was something like this is why i haven't been posting videos in a while and it's like a full minute long video of her dancing and it seems totally normal until the last second when her ankle just snaps it's her it's her fucking foot <laughs> yeah it turns out like a 90 degree angle it is h- horrible um but the noise that it makes it's like literally the sound me. of her bone breaking <laughs> <laughs> but the casualness with which she shares these these updates about her life, I absolutely oh, love it. I love it so much. Brittany, national treasure, utter and, and total delightful mess, but we love her for it. And on that note, that is it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we're diving deep into grocery shopping. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. dive. All right. Well, grocery shopping has always been one of my least favorite activities. That's why I barely do it. That's why famously I order three meals a day until a fucking pandemic hit. And now guess what? I'm forced to leave my apartment in a a full-blown hazmat suit covering up everything, wearing masks and all the shit. I look like a contestant on the fucking mask singer. That is that is the true joy of ha- everybody in masks. You have no idea. That could be Patty LaBelle at, at the dairy at the dairy section. You have no idea. So that's why you should show respect to your fellow shopper because that could be 17-time Grammy award winner Patty LaBelle. <laughs> What a beautiful way to walk through the world. Anyway, grocery shopping has always been terrible. I've always been overwhelmed by grocery shopping. And now, obviously, even more so. So it seems like an appropriate time to bitch about grocery shopping. So let's get into it. First! Why is every shopping cart literally the worst piece of shit ever on wheels? To even call the four things that are touching the ground wheels on a shopping cart is generous. Shopping carts are like if fucking cavemen invented a receptacle 
I don't know how we got this far as a society and let this invention r remain this primitive. What is happening with shopping carts? But I just, I don't like the fact that there are, you either get this tiny ass basket that you have to pile everything into. And that like cuts your circulation. Right. Or this like giant shopping cart. There needs to be a medium option that I can put all of my shit into. There are some grocery stores in like suburbia that have like tiny shopping carts for children so that they can I love feel those. like um, little consumers, I guess. <laughs> Just teaching capitalism real young. Or there's those shopping carts that are like, they have like little cars on the front that kids can sit in. Hell yeah. Why can't we get those? I feel like they were invented just when I was too big to be in them. And it was really sad. <laughs> it is upsetting. I'm so sorry. Do you want to get like a car bed instead? That would help. <laughs> Next. You really have to have like a full plan of attack before going into a grocery store. And I don't like thinking of anything ahead of time. I barely know what I ate five minutes ago, let alone what I'm going to eat in a few hours or even later later this week. I have no idea. I haven't thought that far ahead. I have been spending probably like two hours every Sunday doing a full meal plan for the like next eight to 10 days. It's so ridiculous. It's like lunch, dinner and thinking about like, OK, what ingredients do we have that then are going to work in this other type of meal? And so it's been so absurd. I mean, helpful, but also just like I, I fuck up a lot. Like I twice this week, I realized I had chosen meals that are actually sides because <laughs> it was just like in the cookbook. And I was just like, oh, this we have squash. I'll make this. And it's like actually a side. And then like one is just a bowl of lentils. And so we ended up combining those two meals. <laughs> but like, I'll do that. I'll or, be honest. I then, feel like you should have known that bowl of lentils was not a main meal. That that is technically an entree. It is it it's doll. It's doll. You doll is what you have as a main course. I mean, I feel like a main course versus side dish, that's really a state of mind. It's not there's no Thank hardcore you. definition of either. The most heartbreaking part of meal planning though is when you put all of the ingredients down except for one main ingredient that you forget after spending 2 hours at the grocery store. For instance, we are going to make a pork and asparagus dish, and I forgot the fucking asparagus. Wow. I know. I just don't feel comfortable buying vegetables. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, pre-quarantine, or is this specifically because of Rome? Um, I think this existed pre-quarantine, but it's definitely gotten worse. Uh-huh. I just, like, What's... I don't know. You have to put it in those little, like, plastic bags that they have. You don't have to. You have to. That's the rule. I do now. And then I just don't know how like to wash them. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. You just put them underwater. You're just well, you're just washing them with water. That's it. Yeah. I mean, you're cooking them, so that's you're the bacteria... assuming a lot. Okay. <laughs> that is true. You are you are putting them in an oven or in a pan. Yeah. Heat. I also don't like the sudden like monsoon that sometimes happens when they missed all of the vegetables. Oh, that was always my favorite. I love when they put the fucking like thunderstorm sounds. Yeah. The grocery store uh, we always went to would either play like thunderstorm sounds or singing in the rain. Oh, my God. That's annoying. I love it when it's like <laughs> rainforest. -y. I can't imagine. I feel like if you worked there, you probably hated that song so much. <laughs> When they came on and just, um, yeah, sprinkled, tinkled all over the vegetables. But then it's like, great, now these are all moist as heck, and I have to put them in my shopping cart with all of the other stuff. Now my multiple packages of Oreos are sopping wet because this one stalk of broccoli I got is covered in wet. I also don't like that everything is just mounded so ominously. Like, they fucking want me to knock shit over and cause a scene. They know. They know if I bump into it, I have to buy all of the stuff that I break. Especially when we're supposed to be standing six feet apart from one another, so all of us are, like, dancing around each other. I have definitely pushed shit over on accident. Yeah, I felt really bad. There's, like, a big grocery store right across the street from me, but then down the street is, like, a smaller more like gourmet store 
that I sometimes have to go to just because like they have more stuff mm-hmm. that um, the regular grocery store like sells out of quickly. I've gotten past it, but I've been trying to literally avoid using a shopping cart or a basket or anything because I just didn't want to touch them. Um, so I would just pile everything in my hands like one of those people. <laughs> and I had a thing of cinnamon and it fell out of my hands and broke and oh, smashed. Gosh. <laughs> oh, no. And it definitely caused a whole scene. This is nobody's fault but mine. (laughs) But it's just a, it's, it highlights the idea that this is all terrible. Grocery shopping is awful. Uh, But yeah, I broke it. I I was heading towards checkout and I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I just smashed that. I, I, I was like, I'll definitely pay for it. I'll just go grab another one. And I expected them to be like, no, it's fine. (laughs) They charge me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why I thought she would like be nice um, that I like smashed cinnamon on the ground and someone else had to go clean it up. I mean, like you were just giving a nice little air freshener. Yeah, you're welcome. Now this store smells delicious. I mean, that kind of gets at my other point, which is why is everybody in the grocery store in my fucking way constantly? I think... My grocery store also just instituted a like one lane, one way lane policy, oh. which is kind of genius. And I wish we'd had this before uh, the pandemic because like, get out of my way. There's always <laughs> I, I also feel like the one thing I wish would, would stick around after all of this is one way lanes in grocery stores and the elderly have to shop early. You have to. You're not allowed <laughs> in after 8, 8 a.m because there's always some old lady who's in my way and it's like ma'am i understand that you've been here for several decades longer than i have but i'm gonna absolutely need you to move (laughs) my mom who's like the sweetest most patient person in the whole world told me that at the grocery store she was waiting in the cereal aisle and they have it where it's one way and then like only one person is allowed in the aisle at a time and this woman clearly didn't know what cereal to choose and she had just been standing there for minutes trying to decide and my mom was like I was ready to fucking rage <laughs> she was like just pick out a goddamn cereal that sounds like a very intense grocery store I feel like maybe it's just my grocery store that I go to regularly but they don't give a shit I mean there's kind of rules no, in place I, but like not really it's also like suburban grocery store I mean they're a lot bigger so I feel like they have more ways to make it safer um also someone in that store or like one of the cashiers in the store tested positive and so the store took it like very seriously i see yeah next also why is every store like 12 degrees i feel like they make it that cold on purpose as some jedi mind trick to try to get my nipples hard and to get me hungry (laughs) Yep, that's what it is. I don't know if there's some like psychology behind, oh, the colder you are, the more cookies you buy. No, I'll buy cookies just as much if it were a regular temperature. Please, please raise the temperature. It is so freezing cold. It don't even, yeah, then you walk down the freezer aisle. I may as well be in the, the Arctic. Where are the penguins? Where are the polar bears? I was such a fucking sensitive little ass baby when I was a small child that my mom would let me bring an entire winter coat, no matter the season, (laughs) just to go down that aisle. And I'm not making this up. Oh my God. I was like, I can't do it. I'm too cold. The drama. (laughs) And finally, checkout. You get to the checkout lane. First of all, I don't know why some cashiers think they can just comment on everything that's in my little cart. No, ma'am, you don't get to comment on how many packages of Oreos that I've purchased. No, you don't get to comment on why I'm buying 70 bananas. (laughs) Absolutely not. These are my life choices. Your job is to not judge me. The other day, I forgot a key ingredient to several recipes that I was making, uh, which was cans of tomatoes. And then I was like, well, I'll just go to the bodega for that. I don't need to like go to an actual grocery store and be like in a crowded space. So I went and I was like, well, I might as well get ice cream while I'm here, too. So I bought like 
five cans of tomatoes and three pints of ice cream. And that was it. And I went up to the cashier and the guy looks at all of it and starts scanning it and then just goes, tomatoes and ice cream. (laughs) And I was like, that is my dinner. (laughs) And um, it was a special, it was a special moment. But if he had said anything remotely judgy about it, uh, I would have stabbed him in the back. Yeah. I mean, I feel like any comment is is actually illegal. There is the equivalent of an attorney-client privilege. This is this is cashier-customer <laughs> privilege, and you're not allowed to comment on anything I'm buying. Anyway, on that note, that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Moving along, we got Alex English in the studio right after this commercial break. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest who celebrity stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. My guest complainer today is stand-up comedian, actor, writer, Alex English. He's written for The Rundown with Robin Thede and The Fix with Jimmy Carr. And now you can hear him on the National Lampoon Radio Hour podcast. Welcome, Alex. Hi. (laughs) So we like to start by asking everybody what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Tequila. Tequila? I'm not a big okay. tequila fan. That's... Yeah. Uh, I feel like <laughs> most... It goes along with the, the title of the podcast. Right, right. <laughs> most problems uh, I find that people have with a specific alcohol can mm-hmm. be traced back to one traumatic event. And you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what happened? It's just very strong and like, it's just... I. Like, people always want to take shots of it and stuff, but I'm like, this yeah. isn't enjoyable. My throat is on fire. Like, I don't, yeah. Yeah, it like is a popular, like, shot drink. Yeah. Nobody's like, just drinking straight up tequila. I guess some people like, are. Like, don't get me wrong. If I'm uh, at a party and someone offers it to me, I'm probably going to drink it, but I'm not <laughs> happy about it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My uh, problem is that the alcohol that I have gotten the most sick over mm-hmm. is well or the drink was a long island iced tea oh okay which is just every alcohol yes I, I, they don't they just dump literally everything literally there, every right? clear yeah. liquor into <laughs> one glass i've had when i first moved to new york i like thought that that was a normal drink to get yeah. and so i would order it at bars and bartenders would be like no no <laughs> i'm not have you ever that. had a blue motherfucker no <laughs> <laughs> i can't even possibly i can't begin to tell you what's in that drink but um yeah i used to get those at this bar that was in my like hometown in detroit and like that was the drink that everybody was just drinking so i walked around like thinking you know, it's the same way with the Long Island iced tea. I used to yeah. be like, can I get it? And they were like, I don't even know how to make that. <laughs> yeah. What fucking uh, back, backwoods fucking bars have you been attending? <laughs> it is weird how, like, some of, the, some of the, like, hometown places that you go to lead you to believe that things are normal. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you move to a big city and you're like, oh, yeah. wait, we like, were just it's fucked up. It's definitely normal for in my hometown for 18-year-olds to be partying with 41-year-olds <laughs> 41 <laughs> in bars, which is exactly exactly what it was and yeah. come to find out as an, as an adult now if I ever went somewhere and they told me oh yeah there are 18 year olds in this bar I would expeditiously exit <laughs> yeah because you will be in a deposition yeah, at some point yeah, yeah everybody in that room <laughs> will end up in court yeah one of the bigger gay bars in Chicago Roscoe's I don't know if you've been uh, I don't know I've um I haven't been well I haven't been out like that in Chicago in a while but that's part is it I'm assuming it's part of like the boys town yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah, one of the big yeah. ones in boys town <laughs> but they served pictures of Long Island iced oh, teas, yeah. 
which is, I guess, I mean, it, gays just go harder than everybody else. Yeah. So, like, fuck and it. And chances are you're drinking that alone. Like, you're not sharing <laughs> yeah. that. Gays are very selfish. No, <laughs> so I, like, I <laughs> definitely um, had my fair share of solo pictures. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, didn't um, end well. My fondest memory of Chicago, um, it was a spring break season, and my friend was attending Columbia. We went to visit him, so I was going to Central Michigan, so we drove mm-hmm. um, to Chicago. And um, I stayed in a hotel with some of my best friends, and they made the mistake of leaving me in the back seat, like me not driving, leaving me in the back seat with a large bottle of um, lemon lemon flavored Bacardi. Uh huh. And so we were doing like the pass the bottle thing in rotation, but. My friends were in the front seat. They were driving and talking. So they, I would, like, kind of just sit with the bottle. And everybody would, like, tell me, Alex, just hold the bottle. And they didn't realize that I was still just kind of like, okay, I'll hold it. But the, right. by holding it, I was holding the bottle, but the liquor was still in my, was going into me. Right, right. So, of course, I'm, like, the drunkest one. Um, and so my friends had to basically tell me, yeah, we had to carry you throughout Boys Town. <laughs> you were unconscious for a lot. I mean, I'm pretty sure I blacked out. Like, right, right. There were like these older white guys that saw me on the street, and I was like basically like clinging to like these uh, light posts and like doing like <laughs> stripper dances and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And I ended up vomiting outside of the hotel at the end of the night. That's you know, at I'm least a it blast, was outside. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate drunk people though. As much as much as That's I like thing. as much as I like have gotten drunk, I don't I don't do it really anymore. Like I haven't got I can't remember the last time I've gotten like wasted blackout. Yeah. I kinda left it alone after like I moved out here. I'm like, okay, this is not the place to really be doing that when you don't really have that many friends yet. And this is early on. So like yeah, I can't yeah. be out here getting blasted. But yeah, but drunk people are annoying. <laughs> yeah, there was also a, Lemon Bacardi made mm. me think about, because you graduated in 2012, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's when I graduated too. So okay. like, I don't know if it was just like Bacardi, flavored Bacardi having a moment. Oh, is that? Yeah. But I also, there were so many weird, like, I remember there was a black cherry flavor of Bacardi. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I used to mix with that. And it was like, yeah, now I would, I literally, that thought of it makes me... Well, you know who I'm mad at? The person who banned Four Loco. Because that made... (laughs) That was that was some of the best memories of my life. Some of which I can't remember, right, but I'm right. sure they were the best. Yeah, memories. I was a four. I was loose. a four loco kid in college. <laughs> that was you could not. I wasn't drinking nothing else. That was what I was. That's probably that probably would explain a lot about me now. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, a couple just, of brain cells were altered. <laughs> four loco as an identity is is quite a description. That's exactly who I was. I mean. <laughs> I want to say maybe that was what junior, junior to a little bit the early parts of senior year. Yeah, it, I'm. Pre- I would blame for loco for the reason why I had to spend a fifth year of school <laughs> in undergrad. <laughs> I would, I would, I would pretty much attribute that fifth year to for loco. Is that is that for loco was the reason for five years? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you ended up doing a fifth year? Yeah, mostly because um I wasn't like a huge major shifter. Like I just I think I went from journalism to overall communication. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, how about this? <laughs> Fucking and this I never I finally have a place to vent about this situation, even though it's been almost ten years since this happened. <laughs> Fucking so like in my transferring like of credits and making sure that I had everything I was I was sure that I was going to be out in 4 years. Uh-huh. Then this fucking this is why I stopped fucking with journalism as a major because they my school made me take like this graphic design class like we had to basically lay out pages of like a newspaper yeah. and like create graphics and do all this drawing and I'm like I'm not good at this. <laughs> I only want to talk shit, yeah. write about shit, report the who, what, when, where, what. Leave this shit up to the motherfuckers that want to do graphic design. Yeah. And so apparently, in order for me to even graduate, period, I needed that take that class over. And I was like, no, I, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> so I literally, I think I re- re- got up to the president of the department. I literally had to like talk to them. I had to go through all of these different channels to find out that one of the courses that I had taken was going to be able to like oh that that can be subbed out for that and i was like thank god but the fact that i had to go through i had to go through like i had to get letters 
from from teachers and professors to tell me them yeah he can like talk to this person i'm like this is this is insane yeah so fuck like college <laughs> courses that don't you know that put you through the ringer to graduate with one stupid class and fuck journalism fuck the journalism department at <laughs> central michigan university for fucking putting me through that when i'm not even measuring it anymore <laughs> what was your degree in then communication Co- communication and dramatic arts if if you could believe that yeah <laughs> i love that yeah. Yeah. yeah, I started as a biology major mm-hmm. for some goddamn, but I ended up transferring it to the journalism program, which is a pain in the ass. Well, I know for me, journalism was a tough was going to be a tough role for me because um, I was writing for the school newspaper for a brief amount of time, and the only reason why it was brief was because I got kicked off. Because I was reporting like campus events and I was talking shit, <laughs> so I was like, I was cracking jokes for a little bit. Yeah, like I would go to like all the like you know white boy frat you know events and stuff and cover those, but I would like label them like boat shoe potential assault <laughs> conventions, you know, <laughs> recruitment, you know, like I was like these are all of your you know potential drunks, you right. know, coming and, and so. I mean, they don't read, you know, because it took them a long time to catch on to the fact that I was saying that stuff until, like, somebody caught wind of it. And then, like, you know, one of one of them white boys, fathers, like, I guess, works for the school of life. This right. doesn't stop. We're going to stop sending money to this department or whatever. And so the, I guess the best way they saw fit for, like, to, to curb all of that, they were like, well, Alex— we can't have you doing this. <laughs> I was like, well, what happened to freedom of speech? I mean, right. this is exactly what it was. Oh, you know, they some they ain't want this black kid, you know, this black kid talking junk about this. You know, this is what happens when you go to a PWI, see? <laughs> this is what happens. But no, what, it, what eventually happened was I uh, one of my broadcasting uh, teachers, my professors, he was a part of the, um, I guess, the board for like the student rant magazine, which uh-huh, is a completely uh-huh. different organization. So it's like, go ahead and talk all the shit you want there. Like, right. they're not going to read that. Like, CM Life is a different organization. It's right, much right. larger known. Nobody cares about the magazine. <laughs> go ahead and write whatever you want there. So I was doing that. Yeah, yeah. I but... always find an ally somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, your family's back in Michigan? Mm-hmm. Everybody's in Detroit. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I was reading a, another interview that you did where you where you said, like, you're starting now to get a little more comfortable, like, making fun of where oh, yeah. you're from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because the longer I stay away from them, the more ridiculous they seem. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, I come from a very religious family. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, I still believe, I still, like, have faith, but I am just so far removed from, you know, I have cousins and people like that who just... Oh God! Like it's masochism that I still follow them on Facebook, but I do <laughs> I mean, it. I do it simply from my own perspective of like, look how far I've come from what I could have been. Right, like, I could have been that. Uh, it's so funny. Do you know Sam J? Comedian. She like she writes for Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah. She sounds so so familiar. She's she's the best. I love her to death, and she's a very close friend of mine. And uh, she was on this like Twitter rant of like her com- her comics that she likes the most and stuff like that. And so she wrote about me. She tweeted about me once, and she said, "Life really tried to make Alex English." this like closeted choir director and Alex said, <laughs> fuck you life. I'm going to go and be gay as hell on comedy and do, and do stand up and be, and do my, and do my shit. And, she, and I was like, she's not wrong. <laughs> as hilarious as that tweet is, it's actually the truth. Cause right. that really could have been my life of like, you know, the church gay. I could have been the church gay. Right. I could, that could have totally been the route. Everything that I hate, I could have been that. And I am not that like just, Sis, how are you condemning anyone to hell when they are condemning you to hell? <laughs> right. I guess refuse to be a part of that. And uh, so, I, you know, I just have a lot to make fun of because when before I moved to New York, my mother kind of ambushed me into like this sort of like semi-intervention with a very popular pastor. And there was like we had gone to Bible study and then we had left and we're in the car. And by the time we get all the way back home, my mother's like, Oh, I think I left something at church, and she's like, uh, "It's like Alex, can you come to back to church with me?" And I was just confused. I'm like, "You left something." What did you leave? The old leap behind. It was just like a weird. I'm like, "Okay, whatever. I'll go back to church with you, I guess." So we get all the way there, and we pull up to like the side of the church, not the front entrance, like to the side, a side door. And I'm like, "What is going on?" And she asked me to come in with her. I'm like, "What is going on?" She's she's not telling me a lot. She's kind of just leading me there. Yeah. And we walk into the pastor's office, and he comes in. And immediately when he walked in, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, 
what is getting ready to happen? And so he just starts going in, like kind of like going into this discussion about your mother told me this and told me that about how you're feeling about your sexuality and all of this stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you about what homosexuality actually is. And just trying to like starting to preach to me. And I'm just like, you have on a long purple gown <laughs> and rings on every finger. And you want to tell me about sexuality? <laughs> <laughs> You look very questionable in front of me right now, sir. <laughs> what are we talking about? And so my mother was, like, crying a little bit, you know, and I don't want to make fun of that because I know she was emotional, but she was starting to, like, you know, she was starting to, like, get up. Like, it's like, maybe I should leave. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> you, you're sitting here for you every witness. second of this because this, you're here. This, you did this. Right. So you're going to sit in this. And it was that moment in my mind I was like, oh, I'm probably going to do comedy. <laughs> That was, I think that was the moment when I was like, oh, this is like, I have to go into some form of four, five years of college. And it took that moment for me to realize what exactly that I was going to do in my life. Because yeah. I was like, this is insane. Right. There's no way I can't like make fun of this. It was, I was laughing like through the whole thing. I was like, why is this so funny to me? Yeah. This is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, comedy is about seeing the like hypocrisy and everything. And that's what what is that moment if not Man. hypocrisy? And so yeah, I just like now when I go home, I find so much in my family, right. friends back home. I'm like, oh, this is where I'm from is hilarious. <laughs> it's also uh, I feel like coming out, you put on your like rainbow colored glasses and then start seeing <laughs> the gayness like everywhere. And everywhere. You're like, wait a second, this is the gayest institution I've ever participated everywhere. in. Yeah, and it even feels like now because my fa- my family's still very much so involved in that church. So when I come home, you know they want me to sit up front where they they have a designated area where they sit. And my my friends, especially here in New York, are like, "Why do you go back to church every time you go back?" Because I'm like, I want to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's church is so Let me much feel something. Church is so much easier to digest when you really have no stake in it at all. Yeah. So like I literally like walk around looking at everybody like, uh huh. My mama introducing me to somebody that knows my name and stuff like, I don't remember nothing about them. I'm like, uh-huh, sister, sister so-and-so, how you doing? Like, Alex, I ain't seen you since you was little. I'm like, I don't remember ever seeing you, but all right, how you doing? Like, I'm so passive about it, and my mom kind of hates it, but she's, I'm like, I'm here, right? You mm-hmm. want, I dressed up, I got up early, there was no fight. I'm doing it solely so that I can, like, in my mind, make fun of everything happening. Right. I feel like my the pastor knows my family, like, knows my mother, knows my father, and they work in the church. And so they'll sit there, and they'll, 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 he'll 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 do his sermon or whatever. And sometimes I feel like he'll see me. He doesn't do it, but I could like see him like taking whatever script he had and throwing it over his shoulder and talking about some gay stuff. <laughs> talking about it'll it'll it immediately like divert from talking about the household to like. And on the subject of that, let's talk about gay again. <laughs> I'm like this was this was the Mother's Day sermon. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we talking about gay and sexuality now? <laughs> Every day. Every day you can, it. you should. Yeah, yeah. So I just feel very attacked. But, you know, I do it for that purpose only. I give them eye contact like, yeah, what's up, motherfucker? Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> what, what, was you talk, what was your plan to talk about today? Yeah. If you have the strength and fortitude, that is the approach. Not everybody does, but, you it's know. Hilarious. Uh, I want to move to a segment we call Elaborate, which is mm. uh, some tweets where you've said you've hated stuff, <laughs> and I'll have you elaborate Oof. on it. <laughs> this one, mostly I just take issue because uh, uh, the tweet is, I hate fleshlights. These robots are taking all of our hand jobs. <laughs> and I feel the need to clarify, okay. a fleshlight is not a robot. Not a robot. <laughs> Nor would I would I think of it as a as a <laughs> replacement for a hand job, but you know what? I want to give you the platform to explain. Okay, look. Sometimes you write a little joke, a little tweet, <laughs> and you think. I mean, I'm sure it went nowhere. You know, I don't have the numbers. I just have the copy. It and paste was just tweet. one of those things where I was like, robot, machine. Automation, <laughs> yeah. you know. I, I get the sentiment. You yeah, know, yeah. like if I go into a guy's crib and I offer him a hand job, and he's like, "Nope, I got it taken care of." <laughs> I sort of feel I feel erased. Right, you so should. I feel erased. Yeah, yeah. He took my job literally mm-hmm. and figuratively. That is uh, truly a slap in the face. Though. You know, that maybe is maybe machine, more like a machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So maybe not robot. Maybe I, a machine. I, <laughs> I don't want to get too personal, but has that has someone ever genuinely been like, <laughs> I got this covered? We're speaking hypothetically. Here. Okay, yeah. hypothetically. <laughs> sure. I'm sure. sure it's happened to someone before. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that of someone being like, you know what? You know what? Take a break. <laughs> I know yeah. you're here, but I'm going to use this thing that is uh, <laughs> just for me. <laughs> um, you tweeted, I hate packing to go home because most of my time is spent picking clothes based on what will make my mom the least concerned about me. <laughs> <laughs> That's still true to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Because like. Do you have your, your like, I Michigan wardrobe and your New York wardrobe? I honestly wardrobe? don't. I've learned since that tweet that there's no wardrobe, there's no piece of clothing I own that does not concern my mother. <laughs> she will always have something to say about yeah. what I'm wearing. Ooh, where'd you get that shirt? Mm, you still wearing those pants? Oh, wow. Do you need... Every time I have, throw something on, she's like, oh, do you need Do you need pants? Do you need a new jacket? Alex, you've been wearing... I was like, lady and lady, leave me alone. <laughs> what is her concern that they're like? I'm I'm not a shopper. Like I will wear, I will hold on to the same jacket and pants for years before I buy something new. Right. And my mother is somebody that my I come from a family of shoppers. You should see their closets. They they're just new clothes everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. I'm just like, okay, I'm not. I didn't. I didn't get that from them. I got. Right. I just didn't adopt that way of living. Like, and so, you know, I don't have to have new clothes all the time. So whenever they see me in the same stuff that they saw me in last year, right? They think, "Oh my God, are you okay? Do we need to go shopping?" I'm like, no. Also, I don't trust y'all to shop for me because y'all never get me anything that I actually want. <laughs> so no, thank you. Yeah, has anyone ever been gifted a, a clothing item that they've enjoyed? They always, it, it, whenever it's a family member or when it's, it's always something too big or something that I definitely would not wear on a regular basis. I have clothes that like that aunts and uncles have got gifted me that are still at my parents' house because I refuse to bring it to New York City. Right. <laughs> but then you have to you have to take a picture and take a picture. So they know. I, you know, it's so funny. My auntie called me today and I was I was taking a nap, so she's like, "Call me back." And I was like, oh, I wonder if it's because that I haven't worn that jacket yet. <laughs> she got me. <laughs> yeah, it does. So it's so stop. funny that you bring that up because I'm like, oh, she probably, <laughs> she got something to say. Okay, we have, we'll do one more. Mm. Also about your mom. Uh, the, <laughs> worst, the worst day of my life is going to be when my mom moves past why are you gay and transitions into, okay, fine, so where's your husband? And that is, that is becoming reality. <laughs> that day right has now. come. It's becoming reality. Uh, same. Yeah, my, my family skipped right, right to that. I want to go back in the closet. <laughs> it, you know what I mean? Like, it's, I want to go back to those days when it was, it, you know, I there was another interview I was reading too with you uh, that you did with Vulture that mm. was a, a few years ago at this point where you talked about a how bad you are at the breakup script <laughs> and then b just like in general talking about exes. Mm -hmm. I and that was a few years ago, so I don't well, know how, how I learned where my mother is with it now. Because over the summer I was in like a I was dating someone and they were showing signs of like kind of I was being I was getting turned off a little bit. Uh-huh. And so this is how I know I was serious about that about that situation because I've never talked to my mother about a guy yeah. ever. Have never brought them brought I've never brought anyone around them yet. Like you have to be really serious for me to like even consider the idea of me bringing you around two church going black folks, okay? Like this right. is it's going to be a different conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um so I was on the phone with my mother talking about this guy and throughout most of the conversation, I was referring to him as like they and like, you know, me and them and all that stuff. And eventually somewhere in the middle of the conversation, my mother got to being like, so where did you meet him, Alex? <laughs> you know, she almost got frustrated with it. And I right. was like, oh, she's like very understanding now of like, right. like, like, come on, Alex, like, stop playing with me. Like, you don't have to do that. Like, she didn't say it, but by her saying like... So where did you meet this guy, Alex? And how? And what is he saying? And what? Are, what? Are, how? How are you treating him that make him say that? And I'm like, oh God, okay. Be a little more comfortable with it, Alex. I guess now to talk to right. her like that. So she's being a little bit more clear, I guess. And I'm like, okay, good. 
But it's still like, ugh. Like, it's still a little, it's right, still right. making me itch a little bit to be like, ugh, she's. I absolutely uh, get yeah. it. Yeah, no. It Maybe that's weird. my own internalized homophobia dealing well, with that. Yeah, yeah, when you like spend <laughs> so long kind of like that is your knee jerk way of talking about it. Yeah, no. I can't, only, I can't only imagine. I guess I'm just like trying to prepare myself for the day whenever that happens of like when there is some guy that I'm like, hey, this is, this is this is him, <laughs> right? You know, and they and they have to look at him, and be like, okay, how do we feel about this? And then I'm like, oh well, that was fine, that was great, gotta go. Yep, you we were done. You know, like I look, I can't date you because my parents hate hate this. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm just gonna forever using my parents as a crush to break up with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that is uh, that is one use. We can never get married because my parents don't see it. They'll never come to the wedding. Yeah. My mom <laughs> has taken it. <laughs> my mom has taken it. At this point, I can't help but feel that it must be passive aggressive in some either overt way or a subconscious way. She's taken to just unprompted asking me if I've dated, if I'm, if I'm currently dating anybody. Mm. And when I inevitably say no, she'll, it, it, it like comes out of nowhere. She'll yeah. say, Are you dating somebody? I'll say no. And then she'll say, Oh, you will. And oh. I'm like, just like why? Why did you just? Why did get, you go there? You just yeah. said, that came out of nowhere, <laughs> and then you're making me feel like a victim, right? When we were we weren't even talking about. Well, this. my mom calls me out on my shit. I learned when it comes to relationship stuff. Yeah, this is the first time I've ever talked to her about a relationship. I was telling her like, here's his complaint about me right now and here's how he here's here's what he vented about (laughs) and so she's like well alex you are you can be a little aloof when you want to be i was like (laughs) but when it comes to somebody else you gotta like i was sitting there like my this was to be on my it's like what alex you didn't you called me for my opinion and so i'm sitting here telling you you know and then she went on asking about his race now now we've gone off into that territory where it's like right alex you okay it's not gonna be a woman it's not so. It, it, at the very least, could it be black? Right. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, where are we going with this? See, nobody tells you about that though. Nobody. There's nobody to tell you about life once you've gotten them to be okay with it. Right. They all they all they tell you is like, we want you. We like Yeah, we want parents to like get on board with this shit and don't kick your kids out. Don't disown them. Accept them for who they are. But nobody coaches the gay dude or the gay or, or the lesbian on how to be comfortable with them being comfortable. <laughs> we know there there is no counseling for that, and a lot of us deal with it. Uh, where can people find you and your work? Alex English on social media, uh, the big ones, you know, like your Instas and your right. Twitters. The E that spells English is numerical. It's the number three. Right. So it's Alex English three, N G L I S H. Yeah, I post very frequently all of the dates and stuff there. I run a monthly comedy show if you're in New York City um, at the Jane Hotel. Mm-hmm. And we have a, we have an account for that too. It's Dads plural D A D S at uh-huh. Jane NYC. I'm on the National Lampoon Radio Hour podcast. Uh-huh. It's a good time. You subscribe to that. We've, the episodes are already there, so you can really binge that all the way through. I'm working with some of the best voices and, and characters in the biz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks again. Thank you for having me. All right. We're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier. Starting with the TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? I'm still on Justified and Run. We are on the second to last season of Justified. I'm still enjoying it, but I'm also like ready to move on to another show. So uh, I by next week, we'll have a new show in my rotation to talk about. Good, good. What about you? What are you watching? Still The Good Wife. <laughs> I'm also in the same kind of rotation. I've been watching so much. I'm almost done with The Good Wife. I have uh I'm probably will finish the 7th season today. <laughs> <laughs> I think last week I said I was on the 4th uh-huh. season. So yeah, I watched 7 seasons, 22 episodes, hour long episodes in the span of like two weeks absolutely upsetting i've watched so much of the good wife you and i were texting about having like vivid dreams Uh i i'm not like a huge i don't dream a whole lot i feel like i i never like remember what i dream Uh i've been dreaming in like good wife episodes (laughs) 
That's how much of The Good Wife I've been I've been watching. Are you it's like now in the fully episode? taken over my subconscious? I guess I don't really know. They don't make sense. It's just like I'm in the world of The Good Wife. Amazing. Yeah, it's great. But anyway, I do. I still love it. It's like a, a fun show. I like the fact that it is a procedural. So it's like, you know, there's kind of a different storyline each episode. But it's so you can like kind of zone out a little bit. But there's still enough of like a, a overall narrative that keeps it exciting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's what I've been watching. What is your uh, non-TV chaser? Okay, so one is a follow-up on last week. Last week, I just talked about ice cream in general, but I really need to shout out a very specific ice cream. This is not sponsored. Uh, it is McConnell's Double Peanut Butter Chip. I am a huge peanut butter and chocolate combo fan, but chocolate and peanut butter ice cream can often be overwhelming with both flavors. But McConnell's has like truly mastered this ratio. Like it is just the perfect ratio. I'm just going to read the description so that you can splooge. Ready? It's thick and creamy peanut butter folded into peanut butter infused ice cream alongside shards of melted bittersweet chocolate. So it's peanut butter infused ice cream. So it's like peanut buttery, but not full peanut butter ice cream it's like more vanilla like an easy base to really build off of and then not like chocolate ice cream as the base either because that's usually too much so mcconnell's double peanut butter chip is truly maybe the greatest peanut butter chocolate combo ice cream i've ever had in my life and um it really brought me a lot of joy this week Wow. Yeah. Now I really want ice cream. Yeah, I really recommend it. It was so good. And I, I posted about it on Instagram and like every DM that I got was either like, whoa, I need to try it or absolutely. This is the best peanut butter chocolate ice cream. Um, So it's not just me. And then my other chaser is, uh, y- you know, Dune, the book that's uh, also uh, I'm, a movie. I'm familiar. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a I've seen the David Lynch movie and then there's the new one coming out with Timothy Chalamet and like everyone else Oscar Isaac a bajillion people are in it. I had tried to read it a couple years ago and did not get very far. And then I was like, you know what? Like seeing the photos and stuff, I was like, I need something to like really I, I need a book series to be fully immersed in that has like no sense of like being on this planet right now. so I decided to try getting into it again and it was slow moving but then I was like what if I try listening to the audiobook oh my god the audiobook is so good it's like lightly scored they bring in other actors for certain characters but it's not like full radio play it's just it the writing is very cinematic but you can get bogged down in like the different planetary political ideas and things like that and you don't get bogged down by it in the audiobook it really becomes exciting so now I'm switching between listening to the audiobook and reading and I went from reading like 170 pages over the course of a couple weeks to um reading like 400 pages over the course of the last couple days because of the audiobook so I I've really been enjoying it and if anyone has considered getting into this series now is a pretty great time to do it. All right. But I I would really recommend the audiobook. I'll let me look up which one. So I'm listening to the audiobook that's read by Frank Herbert. It's really fun. I'm really enjoying it. Nice. Yeah. What about you? What's your chaser? Mine actually that did remind me that one of my chasers was listening to audiobooks while reading. <laughs> I feel like my reading has sort of fallen off in part just because it's been difficult to focus on anything the past month. And yeah, there was a couple things that I was like, oh, maybe if I got the audiobook version and listened to it like while I was going through, because it's hard for me to listen to an audiobook while I'm doing other stuff. Yeah. I need to also have like the text in front of me to really like get it. Okay. <laughs> but listening to it while um while reading definitely helps. I've been listening to Tiny Beautiful Things. It's the Cheryl Strayed like advice book. She Cheryl Strayed who wrote Wild which eventually became the movie with Reese Witherspoon. Uh-huh. She was the author of the Dear Sugar columns that ran in the rumpus back when that was a thing. Uh-huh. It might still be. I have no idea. Uh, anyway, it's it's good. It's like kind of an advicey book, but it feels very prescient right now. 
And um, it's nice to be able to like listen to her voice while I'm going through it. So I do like that. My other chaser is fucking short shorts. Hell yeah. I posted an Instagram of me and my lovely short shorts and they bring me a lot of joy. <laughs> I got them from ASOS. Yeah, I just, you know what? I am fully committed to only wearing shorts that have a four inch inseam or less. <laughs> Show off the thighs. There is no reason in quarantine that I should be covering up my thighs. Absolutely not. No. Even though uh, I I need to stop getting pissed at Instagram comments. I but Someone pissed me off mostly because they were like, oh, like some, uh, it was commenting about how like I was posting another like weight loss picture. It was like, this is literally just a picture of me. I made no no reference to the fact that I've lost weight. I've actually been pretty intentional about, like, not posting, like, any before or after shit like that. Uh-huh. Anyway, I'm getting real liberal with the block button on Instagram. <laughs> I'm realizing this is not, this is a dictatorship. You don't automatically have the right to follow me on Instagram. You have to earn that right. And <laughs> one comment that I don't like even a little bit, you're blocked. So tread carefully is what I'm saying. <laughs> and on that note, that's it for this week's Unhappy Hour. Thank you for listening. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us. But only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansel Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkleberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. <gasps> oh, bye-bye. This is the... I don't even... (laughs) Hello? Are you there? Hello? Hello? Matt? Can you hear me? Are you alive? I'm here. Oh, I hear you. Okay. (laughs) Oh, you... I don't know what happened.